Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. Today, our topic is all about relationships. And I think you may be surprised to find after you end up listening to this episode that conventional wisdom that we're told, that we're brought up on, that we read about in magazines, maybe that was passed down from you know family to family is that's just the way it, the way it is. I think you're going to find at the end of this episode that what we've been taught and what we know and don't know about relationships is actually has actually basically been wrong all along. Um, my guest today is Jerry Brook, and he is an author. He's an app developer. He's a lot of other things that he's done, but he's he's used his stories and his personal experience to really dig into relationships, to understand why we do what we do and why we do what we don't do. And there's a lot of things that he found as he's he's went through his own journey that um, have really, to me, the way he, we have this interview, what he talks about in his book, it's really a a completely different way to look at things that you may already know. So if you're in a relationship, which is pretty much everybody listening to this episode, because we're in relationships, not only in our intimate relationships, but with our families, our friends, our coworkers, right? Relationships are all around us and, and we're, we're dealing them, dealing with them every day in our day-to-day life. Um, if you're, so, and if you're somebody who wants to improve any relationship in your own life, I think you're really going to love this episode. There's a lot here. As I said, there's a, a lot about, looking at and understanding relationships from a different perspective. And that's really the goal um, each week that I, that I do on this show is I bring you guests who offer different perspectives other than what the mainstream or what, um, you know, everyone else is saying, right. On this show, we like to talk about different things. We like to talk about other options, other perspectives. And I think we, with this conversation today, we really delivered on this, especially on this, such an important topic, such as relationships. Before we get into the interview with Jerry, I just want to remind you, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, please visit my website, sloanfremont.com. On the right-hand side, you're going to see the box where you can enter your, your email address and your name, and you'll get signed up for the newsletter. I've got some things coming up here in the next couple of months that you're not going to want to miss out on, and those who are on the newsletter list will get first. They'll get to know about it first. So if you have to pause the video, pause the audio, go ahead and get signed up, and then come back and listen when you're done. And then the other thing I always remind at in every episode is um, if we're not connected on social media, I would love to connect with you. All of my links are in the show notes. So be sure to scroll down. Let's get connected. And then you can get back to the episode. So um, again, this topic today, so important. I really love this conversation. I could have talked with Jerry for hours, but um, you know, we, well, I, I think I'm going to have him back on after the first of the year so we can continue this and talk about it a little more. Joining me today is Jerry Brooke creator of the Good Together Game app and author of the book, A Journey Through Relationships. Finding, building, or maintaining relationships can be stressful. We all know this, but not having relationships is even more stressful. The Good Together Game app removes much of the stresses associated with forging better relationship bonds. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is relationships. So Jerry, I want to welcome you to the Create What You Speak podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, so this topic of relationships is, is, this has been a huge one. This has been a big focus of the show over the years. I've talked about my 
um, my issues, my frustrations, my problems. So I'm really excited to talk with you about this today. And I know the audience is going to love it. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself, the app, the book, and kind of what led you on your journey. <laughs> Probably a so, little. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, there's so much to, to go over. Uh, relationships, we're born into relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're born, you know, as a child, you have obviously a relationship with your family. Um, you get to be a five or six years old, you go off to school, you have relationships with friends as a teenager, you start experimenting with intimate relationships. You're learning how, you know, to get involved. And then, uh, you go off into business. Those are all relationships. Your whole life is, is relationships. Yeah. And, and, um, so it, it was funny to me. Um, I didn't start down this journey. I stumbled into it. I took a, a long, wrong turn and I was like, wait, where am I? So I had, you know, my relationships, which had all failed. I, I think that's fairly common <laughs> that people go through these relationships. Um, but I, I'm a type person, so I'm very analytical. I'm into computers. And, and one of the things I pride myself on is that I follow directions and I really seek them out and I learn it. And I'm like, okay, I would ask people for help. I would read books and I kept failing. And I'm like, wait, what is going on here? There's something really wrong. And so at some point you just, or at least I look in the mirror and go, okay, I'm, I'm a failure. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't figure this out. And, and so there's something wrong with me. I, I cannot be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, assuming that everybody else is right. Right. And I'm wrong. right. That's our assumption. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny how people do that, that, you know, yeah. we do kind of internalize immediately and we're like, Oh, there must be something wrong with me. Well, right. then we turn to no, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right. And we never get to, there's something wrong with the information that we're getting. Right. And so what happened with me is, uh, yeah, I, I'd thrown in the towel. I was like, I'm, I give up yeah. no more. I'm going to be, you know, a monk. I'm celibate. That's <laughs> it. Over yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. know? And yeah. so, um, so I threw myself in, into uh, work, like say with computers and, and I was looking into artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and I know it's a really a weird place to start. No, I love this part. I was going to ask you about <laughs> this. Yeah. But it's like, so it, it, it begs the question, okay, what, what is intelligent? I mean, we, we throw this word around and honestly, it's, it's very much now marketing. Um, yeah. I'm into it and I'm just like, yeah, I don't like uh, the way it's going and, and, and what people are putting into it. But that aside, I was like, okay, so what does it mean to be intelligent? And it's like, oh, well, it's decision-making. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I started learning and researching about, well, what does it take to make good decisions. Well, it takes information um, and, and thought process, critical thinking. And I was like, but I've never been taught this. I've been to school. I've never been taught any of this. And it was just an aha moment when I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not making good relationship decisions. I'm yeah. not being intelligent, artificial or otherwise, right. <laughs> in, in relationships. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But then I started to realize, oh, but wait a minute, the people who are telling me these things, because I actually started to research what is conventional whiz dumb, yes. D-U-M-B. Yes. I love how you spell, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is just horrific. Yeah. Some of it is just wasted and, and other 
information is really detrimental. Right. And so I started researching and uh, you'd be appalled at uh, where a lot of conventional wisdom comes from. Um, some of it is, is based on mythology, thousands of yeah. years old, Greek mythology. Yes. Um, and it's like, wait, that's what we're basing our relationships on. You know, a, a bunch of people who, who had no idea what was going on. Um, so I really started to, to then dissect and analyze the conventional wisdom. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is horrific. But yet this is all we had, at least all I had. And yeah. And all that I was being given. And I was like, you know, I started to, um, it's funny because I actually then started to feel a little bit more relaxed and comfortable. And so far as I was like, I stopped blaming myself. I was like, okay, yeah. you're not an, a total idiot. I'm yeah. not the smartest, but I'm not like that stupid. Right. Right. But here's the funny thing too. I then started to then uh, realize that I, I forgave other people like in a way that, because I was like, okay, you didn't do anything intentionally to ruin the relationship or to hurt me. You too were basing your decisions on this faulty information. And so we were both victims of a really bad system. And, and so it, it really uh, allowed me, it was a bit of a, of a catharsis yeah. to, to let go of all those negative feelings. And take it know? off of yourself. And it's not, you know, not putting, piling that blame on, on you. And- as well as the other person, like I say, right. really, you know, that, that's the other thing too, because it's like, you go through life thinking, oh, these horrible people and what are they doing? But then you look back and go, oh, no, no, you're, you're no different than I am. You, you, right. you couldn't have made any better decisions with bad information. And we right. have a saying in computers, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And that's the whole thing. It was like, well, this is all garbage. Right. And what I love, so I want to go back to what you're talking about at the beginning about having that, um, like analytical mind, because I do as well. I worked in IT for 13 years oh, now cool. and my job is an analyst. Like I, that's what I do. So my, nice. so, so I can remember being on projects years ago and we would make a joke about it, but we were all very serious when we were doing this because I worked with a bunch of other programmers and analysts and project managers, right? So we were used to a formula, like, like with a project, yes. right? You, you yes. go through various steps to get to the end result. So all of us kind of had the mindset of, well, if it works for projects, then why can't that work in our relationships, right? 100%. And so then we would have these whiteboards and we would whiteboard <laughs> out like whatever our perceived problem was at that time, right? And so, and then I remember finally getting to the point where I, it was like, I, I kept, I was trying to operate my life that way. And I'm like, this doesn't work. I just have to real, like, I just finally have to come to the, the realization that this doesn't work. I have to approach my relationships differently, which was stressful in itself because I was like, well, then I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like flailing around out here trying to figure things out. Nobody else knows either. Um, but what I really loved in your book, you talk about how um, with that, with that conventional wisdom and how people are like the stories you hear today or the people that are writing about it, or even like uh, poets from previous, you know, you talked about many years ago, right? All of these people are like, that's not the norm, right? But it's somehow become. They're projecting. They're right. project, they're, they're actually saying, I failed in my relationship. And this is what I wished had happened, even though that's not reality and it could never have happened. And then they put it into, yes, poetry and songs and, and it gets out into the world and people believe, oh yeah, that's the way a relationship should right. be. Right. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's actually very dysfunctional. 
Yes. And you even, yes, it is completely now that, and the way you wrote that in your book, I was like, yes, that is exactly right. And that you said something, I don't know exactly how you worded it, but you were like the people who are in satisfying relationships, aren't the one having to go around and tell everybody about they're just satisfied. Right. So they're not even thinking about, but then you have all these people who are out there, like, you know, like the dysfunction continues because they're the ones out there talking about it more than the people who are in the satisfying relationships. I thought that was really eye opening to me. It, well, it's true. You don't go searching for an answer if you don't have a question. Right. So if you're happy in your relationship, you're not questioning your relationship or the person you're with. And so, yeah, you don't go searching for for questions. Right. Or for answers. I'm sorry. The only person who who does that is the person who fails. And so you actually want to look at the quote unquote failure who has then went out in search and said, okay, this is what happened to me. And and so should, could it have happened differently? Yeah. So you're looking for the answer. Um, yeah. You, you know, I look, you, you, if your tire never goes flat, you're not the person to ask how to change a flat tire. <laughs> exactly, you, you just don't exactly. know how because you've never done. Right. So it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. But and, you know, the other part of that, too, that I've really found there again with the conventional wisdom is those people who um, do have good relationships and who we do ask. They, they truly don't know. So I look, I appreciate what you're doing. And I, I kind of agree. You're right. To a degree, there should be somewhat of a, a formula that we can follow. Um, I wish there I, was. <laughs> well, but, but see, it's not as strict. Uh, right. Exactly. I, I do projects and yes. it's not, and even in projects, it, it frustrates me when people who don't do projects come to me and are so strict and they're like, are you 100% on this? Cause then you have to start that. I'm like, no, no, that's not how life works, dude. Right. Sit exactly. Back. You have to even balance the real world in with anything that you're doing. hundred percent. And so there is a bit of a formula. And that's why one of the things I say is, you know, there again, if this conventional wisdom that's been around literally for in some cases, thousands of years, if it was so good, we'd all have wonderful relationships. Right. We, right. Crack open the book and go, Oh, page 32 says I need to do this, that, and the other in this situation. Great but it doesn't exist. It's no, not that way. It doesn't. And you know, one of the other points you brought up in your book too, is about knowing who we are and knowing what we want, because yeah. that was something for me, many years I floated around. I knew what I didn't want, but I never identified what it was that I did want. You know, I didn't identify the qualities in a person or I didn't even in myself, like what, what, like, who am I you know, other than, you know, maybe my job at the time or whatever it might've been. And, and that, I mean, I guess if there was a formula, I mean, that to me is kind of the starting place, understanding who you are and what it is you want, because if you don't know those things, you're just floating around, like I said. 100%. So um, yeah, I kind of, you know, there again, I'm analytical. So you will see that, you know, in the book and, and on my blog and, and in, in my videos, I approach things, you know, in a thoughtful manner. Right. Because it needs to be thought out. It, that's, it's not random or, or you know, um, it, it, we, there is some thought process that has to go into it. And so uh, I, I put together a little bit of a, a kind of a program in so much as um, we all have needs mm-hmm. and needs are requirements, but we also have wants and wants are desires. We need to realize that needs and wants are not the same thing, but they go hand in hand. Right. And I combine those two and I say, that's what our expectations are. So if you need something and you also want that thing, it works out perfectly because the the energy that you're putting out and the resources you're using 
are beneficial. You're getting what you want and what you need. And that's wonderful. Right. And that's, and that's good expectations. And that starts with yourself. What do you need? What do you want? Then it goes to what does the other person need and what do they want? And then how the two of you come together in the relationship, what does the relationship then need and want? So um, the problem then is, okay, suppose you need something, but you don't want it. You need to eat your vegetables, but you don't want to eat your vegetables. You get frustrated. You feel I'm having to do something against my will, your will being your want, your desire. And, and, And so that's really difficult. Um, the other part is, okay, so what happens if you want something that you don't need? Well, now you're, you're spending a lot of energy and not getting anything that's beneficial. You're living in a fantasy land and you're, you're doing all these things, but you're, you're not getting your needs met. And so there again, you feel empty. You feel hollow. You're like, well, I have everything that I want. I have the mansion. I have the vacations. It's all what I wanted. But I don't, I don't feel fulfilled. Why not? Well, because your needs aren't met. That's yeah. why. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the, the needs and the wants co- combine to create an expectation that you have about yourself yeah. and about others. And then, like I say, about whatever the relationship is that, that you're trying to have. Yes. And I think that that's such a good point about needs versus wants and, and combining to expectations, because sometimes we have those things randomly and they might show up as in a, like, I felt like for myself, they show up maybe as in a different way. Like I don't, it shows up maybe in when it's lacking, when I have an expectation, but the expectation isn't met, but I haven't actually identified that it was an expectation. You know, it was something that just happened and I'm like, well, wait, that's not what I wanted. But that's just it. So there again, if you don't know what you need or what you want, then your expectations can never be met. Right. You know, you're, you're just uh, flailing. Yes. Um, it, it, you know, people try to separate the, the journey from the destination. My thing is you're not on a journey if you don't have a destination. Right. Because then you're just, you know, aimlessly moving about. So it's like you have to have a target and you have to be working towards it. Now. Again, it's not really strict as to how you get there. And hey, yeah. you're allowed to stop along the way and smell the roses and, um, you know, take your time, take detours. But still, you get back on your journey to your destination. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, like you're saying, you know, yeah, if, if you're if you don't. Here's the other thing, too. Uh, I, I'll use math. It, it, if if you come to me and say, what's two plus two, or if you say is two plus two 16 and I say, no, I haven't gotten you any closer to two plus two being four, two plus two could equal 24 or 32 or anything else. So when we focus on what we don't want, Mm -hmm. we aren't focusing on what we do want. And there's, there's one thing we want and there's an infinite number of things we don't want. So that list is really long. We could spend yeah. eternity going through all the things we don't want. And yet we focus on that, right? We yeah, focus we on, do. oh, I didn't want that. Okay. So what'd you want? Well, I don't know, but I'm not going to answer that. But I know question. I don't want that. Yeah. I but know I, I don't exactly. Want that. I just know I don't want that. So I'm going to bounce to the next relationship and figure out what else I don't want. Wow, or maybe thinking. that person will bring the thing that I can't identify in this moment or, you know, something having, as, if, yeah. as if someone's going to know what you need and what you want better than you. Exactly. Okay. exactly. Who knows you better than you. And you're hoping that this external source 
is going to be like magically give you what you need. Fix, Yeah, I know. I know. I trust me. I've, I spent years in that mindset and I'm like, what am I doing? Like one time I was like, I got to get a grip on myself with this, you know, like, what am I doing? And so healthy relationships obviously are important for our well-being. And this is, I know one of your focuses with the app and with the book. So in your research, in your experience, how do you define a healthy relationship? Well, there again, so it, it starts by defining what you need yeah. and what you want, um, because you, you can't even define yourself yet at that point without knowing those. And then being honest. Um, like yeah. I said, so one of the things about yeah, learning um, about the relationships and, and really looking into it and, and analyzing is you have to be on. I had to be honest with myself. Yeah, right. I had right. to say, you know, okay, dude, you really screwed that one up. I mean, but of course I looked in good and I was like, well, I didn't have good data, good information. Yeah. So I, I couldn't possibly have figured out that two plus two equaled four uh, without anyone guiding me or teaching me or helping me in any way. And, right. and so, um, but yeah, you, you have to look inward and start there as to what you need and what you want. And then um, you have to be honest with the other person as to what they need and what they want. You have to ask those questions. Um, too often, they're, we're, we're blinded by the fantasy, the yeah. rom-coms. Um, that's, that's where I learned all the wrong things to do in relationships yeah. because there is no <laughs> one teaching it. Right. I mean, we spend we spend 12 years you know, in school learning two plus two equals four, how to read, how to write science. And you don't spend one day learning about relationships, how right. to how, what about introspection, how to think about what, what you need and why you need it, how you've come to need it. And that's another one, too, is um, people focus on the what mm -hmm. on, on what's going on. Yeah. And, um, and, and they don't understand the why and the how. And, and so like uh, if I ask you the question, you know, you're sitting in um, a restaurant and you see a, a, a woman starts crying. What's your first thought? What comes to mind? She's sad. She's something what got bad news, whatever. Right. And she just found out that she got pregnant after having tried for three years. You yeah. missed the mark 100 percent. Yeah. Um, I was telling that um, I broken my wrist rollerblading and uh, I was the physical therapist and I were talking and I was saying that to her. And she said, oh, I got a letter from Harvard and I got accepted. She's like, that would bring tears of joy to my eyes. And I said, you see, we're focusing so much on what is going on and we assume we know why and how. Right. And we never ask those questions. Why are you crying? How did you come to this? Because I'll figure out the what easily enough. Right. We are not taught to question the why and the how. And we don't question ourselves. Why do I believe what I believe? How did I come to this? Well, because my parents, I watched them and they did not have a healthy relationship. I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, so what I learned was not healthy. Um, I, I watched rom-coms and, and movies and shows and all these things, which again, show you a very um, unrealistic view right, right. of the world. So I, what I was learning was very wrong. And uh, on another aside, you watch a 30 second commercial 
and they have a disclaimer at the bottom. You know, they show a car flying from building to building, and they actually have to put a disclaimer: cars cannot fly. Like, really? Right. You have right. to tell me that. Right. And you'll you'll watch an hour and a half long movie that is just totally insane. Uh, you know, and nowhere, not from start to finish, do they flash up. Hey, dude, this is never going to happen. Some <laughs> some person who again is projecting their fantasy of what they would love life to be has written this down and some other idiot who thought it was a good idea spent money they they searched the world and found a woman who looks a certain way to to tug at your heartstrings and a guy who acts a certain way and here you are believing this is what life is supposed to be dude not even close. Right. And then you're mad when your life isn't that way. And it's, it's like setting, as you said, setting us up for failure and yes. back on, on healthy relationships. One thing I learned very recently, actually, in my current relationship was how to ask for what I want, because yes. that was something that I never felt comfortable doing. I always, not always, but for the majority took what was there and assumed that was all I could have. I didn't know that I could ask for more. And well, well, there, there again, if you don't know your needs and your wants, what, what you can't even ask. Right, for because you so don't you know. Need exactly. to start with you saying, I have certain wants that I need and I have certain desires, things that I want. And so I, I have to really be aware of those. And yeah, I do kind of suggest that people write those down. Yeah, for sure. We talk about that all the time on the show. And even what you're talking about with with those stories. I mean, I I talk about this nearly every episode about the stories we tell ourselves. And it's no different in relationships, right? Like you were saying, the woman who's crying or you see something, we see the what, but then all the other stuff that we're that's going on in our mind about that, those are stories that we're telling ourselves. And until we can learn to recognize those for what they are and, and be willing to communicate about them. It, you know, and that's one thing that yeah. I'll, I'll say to my boyfriend, I'll say, well, here's the story I'm telling myself about this. Is this true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And yes, 99.99% of that. No, my story is not exactly. anywhere near to what's going on because I don't I have all the information, but I think that I do in that moment. And I don't. And that's why, yeah. One of the, the great things uh, um, about talking to people is to always ask them to, in their own words, say back to you yeah. what you said to them. What yeah. did you hear me say? What right. do you think I'm saying? Um, because we have no idea how people are interpreting uh, the situation and what their right. the baggage they're bringing. Yes. So like you say, I just showed you that not only are you wrong about the woman crying, you are diametrically opposed. You're, you're 100%, 180 degrees out of phase. So what I'm pointing out to you is that when we see things, it it can be the complete opposite, not yeah. just different, but literally the opposite of what you're imagining is going yes. on. And, is and, and that's really like hard to believe in, in the beginning. I totally like, agree. What? I know. Um, I, and I talk about that a lot on here about how even to this day, nearly every day, I'll remind myself that my thoughts aren't true. Yes. And I still every day am shocked by that when I remind myself <laughs> that. You know, and after all this time, I still, there's, we just have, you know, we believe our thoughts are true and Oh, here's another funny one. So, um, I just wrote an article hasn't been published yet, but, um, uh, one of the things I was, I was talking about, uh, cause they're like, Oh no, I guess this one just was published about, um, how do you know, you know, that it's time to end a relationship or whatever. And, And I was like, I started out with, 
How do you know anything? And here's the thing. You don't know yourself. And I said, let, let me explain to you. When I was 16, I remember overhearing a conversation that uh, my, my parents were having with a friend of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been cheated on. At 16, my thought was, <laughs> get a divorce. Move on, yeah. dude. Yeah. Okay. 10 years later, when it happened to me, I, oh, no. Oh, no. It's not that at all. Right. And, and, and you realize that you don't know yourself. You tell yourself these lies of this is who I am and this is how I'm going to act or react in this situation because you don't have all the information right. of the reality of what that situation carries. And then suddenly you find yourself in the situation. And this is where this idea of do as I say, not as I do. I know that seems really horrible and people are like, oh, you're such a hypocrite. But no, what happens is I really believe that I would have done that until I found myself in that situation. And I'm like, I, I, I just can't, I, you know, it's, well, it's and you're a different hard. person. Right. And also when we think of these things, we're thinking of them in our current state yes. where we are currently, right. Yes. We change, we grow, we have different experiences, our, our outlook changed, all this stuff. So we think in a moment we would do this if this happened, but in your case, like 10, cause I read about that in your book and I, I, I can, I can feel that w- within myself in situations where I've said, Oh, I would do this thing. But then the thing happens and I'm like, well, no, actually I don't want to do that. Or that's not, there's other possibilities in this moment that I, I don't know of, you know, all of these other well, factors. Exactly. All these things you, you've learned about exactly. You don't want to be the same person you were yesterday because right. you stopped growing and you stopped right. learning. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not five. I'm so glad I'm not that 16 year old. Yeah. You know, this comedian I had watched once said that um, when he was 20, he thought, man, I'm so smart now. Yeah. And then when he was 25 on that birthday, he was like, man, I'm so much smarter than I was when I was 20. I, was, I wasn't as smart as I thought. Finally, when he was 30, he was like, oh, I'm so much smarter when I was 20 than when I was 25. It's like, dude, hopefully you're always getting smarter and you're right. never, you never stop because that's that's growing and, and it's this learning. And so, yeah, um, like you say, the, the things that I had thought when I was 16, I was very limited, of course, in, in what I knew about the world and what I had as an option. Yes. Suddenly, yes. when 10 years later, I had different options. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could have never foreseen that I could do this or could do that. And then I, I should not do these other things for, right. for good reason. So, it, um, yeah, yes, we, we need to know ourselves. So, oh, another thing, uh, I know you're ready to ask questions. I just want to, I got lots of questions. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, we start by writing down our needs. Yes. And our wants. Like you say, they will change. So we have to revisit those. Right. And in the book, uh, I don't know if you got to that point, but I actually set out like a time frame to reevaluate and it's with every relationship. Okay. I get a new job. Well, I'm assuming I know what the job is. Well, within the first week or six weeks, I need to stop and reevaluate. Is this job meeting my needs and my wants? Is it what I expected? There again, expectations. Yes. Now, if it is, then I feel good. Then I can double the time frame. Okay, then six weeks later, about 12 weeks, and I keep doubling the time because, you know, at the three year mark, I should have answered a lot of the questions, but you never stop. Yeah. You will always be asking, are my needs being met? Are my wants being met? Are my expectations, you know, being met? And again, uh, the other com- person, company, whatever it is, you know, how do they fit into this? It's, it's like pieces of yeah. a puzzle. We all fit together. Yeah. 
And I think also communicating about that too. I mean, that's the biggest thing I learned in, is like finding my voice. Once I figured out what I wanted, being able to use my voice and actually voice what I needed and what I wanted. And that, that, I mean, that obviously it's life-changing, but until you experience it, it's like, you don't understand how that not doing that was like holding you back. 100%. And that's why, so I've read, you know, some of the stuff that you've written and, and I really, I appreciate what you're, you're talking about because uh, at least on, on that, we agree, you know, uh, yeah, you're very empowering. You're very, you talk about how um, words have power and they, they form or your attitudes form your words and vice versa. Yeah. It's, it's actually a feedback loop. It's a circle. It's not one or the other. Um, but, but it's 100%. So uh, there again, so I'm anti conventional wisdom. Yeah. Um, Which and, I want to get into that too, because <laughs> so, so let's go to that now. Cause I've got, sure. well, let's just go sure. wherever we go today because there's so many things to talk about with this, but okay. Maybe let's start out by talking about what conventional wisdom is. Like maybe give some examples of that. And because <laughs> I know oh. everybody will know what it is when they hear it, but then also, oh. Okay, let's start there. What is conventional wisdom? Oh my gosh, wisdom and there's some, some awesome ones that I have right now because they're, they're so common, so popular. You know, um, oh, opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Really? Right. Huh. So you're telling me the pro-life and the pro-choice person are the ones who need to get together. Right. I'm pretty sure that's not going to work out for you. Right. Right. So this is one of those situations where, and that's, that's like a conventional wisdom that people throw around all the time. Mm-hmm. So I have to explain it to them that, um, and I'll, I'll use, again, I, my stories are all my own. These right. are real life. It's not like hyperbole or anything, but so my mother was Catholic and my father was Jewish. Well, dare you see Jerry opposites attract. No, they didn't care about how you worshiped God. They cared that you worshiped God. And that was enough for them. Mm-hmm. And the opposite to them would have been someone who did not believe in God. That's the opposite. So your idea there, again, you're projecting, we're going back to how you have your view and you are saying what is going on in your mind. And so you're projecting your what onto my parents, not asking them why or how, oh, well, the why and the how is because, yeah, we're good. That's not opposite. Right. Um, Opposites do not attract. And what you people imagine are opposite is just them not understanding those people, those people complement each other. Yes. In some way. And sometimes I found in my own life, when I tried to apply conventional wisdom, like it felt like almost an excuse or a something like opposites attract. Let's say, let's say I was having a problem in the relationship because we yeah. disagreed with something, whatever. Oh, opposites attract. Oh, well, okay. Then maybe it'll get better. Or I guess this is what it means when, you know what I mean? You make up all these stories around that too. And I think it keeps you stuck in something that maybe isn't exactly right because of that type of 100%. Like you just said, you just, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. If I'm going to accept that opposites attract, then I'm never going to do anything to change my situation or try to understand my situation. I'm going to chalk it up to where opposites. Well, then in, in heterosexual relationships, you're actually believing that men and women are different and I'm going to uh, challenge that statement. It doesn't make sense it, 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 because it's too generic. It's, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, I'm different than the guy next door. Yeah. I'm, you know, you're different yeah. than, than any woman you walk up to. Yeah. Um, so we, we are, as individuals are different, but 
when we take a step back, we're human beings. Right. There is no emotion that any woman can have that a man cannot possibly have. You go through all the emotions, anger, sad, whatever. So we're much more alike in that regard than we're right. different. Right. But if you chalk it up to opposites attract, then you're going to look at that and you're going to say, well, yeah, I'm drawn to someone I hate. I, <laughs> I, I like this woman, but I can't stand her because she's my opposite. Attract and, yeah. exactly. and she likes everything I don't like. And like I said, so then I'm going to like get out there and go, okay. Um, so if you're pro choice, I need to be looking for someone who's pro-life. Right. I'm going to be going into situations that are going to be really uncomfortable. I don't see how I'm ever going to be happy in that opposite situation, but I have to accept it because, Hey, opposites attract because they tell me, and it's like, who's they anyway, this comes, like you're saying the conventional wisdom, some of this that's been around for, and I know you talk about in the book about how, like what romantic love was actually defined at as like, you know, early on and how, just how these, these stories carry on this, like folklore carries on throughout the years. And just like we touched on at the beginning, the people telling these stories are the, the people who are projecting based on their own situation. They're fantasizing about how they want something to be actually most likely not having it in their own lives. And then, then, then projecting this out as, as if this is factual truth. And this is the manual for all humans to follow. If you want to be in a healthy relationship. And and again, what I loved about the app, the book is that you're, you're showing people, I think it's in, in, when I read it too, I was like, I already knew this. I just had never verbalized it. Like you, you wrote it in a way that helped me to be like, yeah, like I already, like, I knew, like I said, I felt like I knew it. Right. But I, took somebody to tell me to be like, what am I doing listening to this crap? And that's what it is most of the time. Right. right. So here's another one. And uh, here's a big one. Um, uh, this will shock people. I, I was, So I was talking to a guy and I said, actually, every person I've told this to has been really annoyed by me making this comment. <laughs> they, they get defensive. They're like, yeah. what? No, I, love this kind of I really, I had a guy who really got upset with me about yeah. this. So, um, Relationships are about compromise. Uh, No, let me explain. And I can explain it again in very simple terms that you're just going to be like, yeah, no, duh. Yeah. So here you're using a word. You don't even know what that word means. Yeah. Okay. Because again, I'm analytical. So that means I'm very practical. So I look at things and go, okay, compromise. I can define compromise four different unique ways. Let's go. So A, Compromise is you want Chinese food. I want Italian food. A, uh, we get Chinese for you today. And the next time we go out, I get Italian. Okay. Who's keeping score? Right. Uh, What happens if next time we go out, I didn't want Italian. Now I've lost my Italian. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, there's, there's, there's no win in that compromise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. B compromise is. You go to the Italian restaurant, uh, we get takeout, and I go to the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you go to Chinese food, get takeout, I go to Italian, get takeout, and we eat at home, and then you you start to wonder, well, is that a good compromise? Because I actually, I wanted the ambiance, I wanted the whole experience. It's more than just, if it's just the taste of the food in my mouth, um, that's, that's, that's minimal, that's, that's not the whole experience. And so is that a good compromise? Um, what is, you know, are we always then eating dinner at home because we can never 
agree to do anything together, right? Yeah, we never want what to do we do? I mean, yeah. let's not go on vacation because we can't decide on where to go together. We can't, we're just going to sit at home and do nothing um, <laughs> and pretend like we're doing something. Okay. Okay. C and, and get, get ready. This one is, is grotesque. <laughs> it's the mixture. Okay. You get your Chinese food. I get Italian food. We dump it all together and we have chicken chow meatballs and spaghetti because that's the mix of the compromise. You get right. some, I get some, we mix it together. I'm sorry, but that is so <laughs> no. grotesque and disgusting. No, I don't want to touch that, right? No. And D, neither of us gets what we want. You don't get Chinese, I don't get Italian and screw it. Maybe we go hungry tonight, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I just laid out four things that are all compromise. Right. And you're going to say a relationship is compromised. You're going to say, I want Chinese food. We need to compromise. I'm not going to know which of the four you want at this outing. You don't know which four, which of the four I might be trying to lean towards. And you do know that it's going to change every time. Because it's not like you're going to say compromise to me is always right. where we do X. Right. No, this time it's A, but the other time it might be D. And so this whole idea of compromise is absurd. Okay, so now I've told you again, I told you two plus two does not equal 16. I've not helped you except to tell you what it's not. Right. Now I need to tell you what it is. And this is what I can tell you. Relationships are about collaboration. Mm. Collaboration means working together. Yeah. Okay, Jerry, you just put another word in there. What does that mean? Let me literally tell you what it means. You change your perspective and change your focus. You're focused on eating a meal, which we just said takes about 15 minutes and is nothing more than the, the taste on your tongue. It's a palate. Why are we eating together? Why are we in this relationship together? Our focus is to spend time together mm -hmm. in a good atmosphere, in a good setting and enjoy each other's company. So can we stop focusing on Chinese versus Italian and having then to do this false compromise that some lawyer, some negotiator is telling you is the way to, to hand. And, and look, legal is, is actually adversarial. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in an adversarial relationship. Right. I don't want to have to beat you to death to, to come up with what's going to be good. And, and I don't want this win-lose situation where it's going to become resentful. You're going to think, oh, Jerry played me. He really wanted Chinese food, but, but, but he pretended to want Italian food just to screw me over on this one. So next time he's going to get his way. It's resentful because you start to question, did I give in too much? Am I always the one giving in? How much am I winning? How much am I losing? How much is the other person winning and losing? It is the worst thing to tell people. And look, I'm, you can go on any website anywhere and you will find relationships or compromise. I know like I said, it's that, that language and that, the, that, the con conventional wisdom, D-U-M-B, as I, I love how you put it in the book. For years, I ran a personal finance website and, and this is a little off topic, but it's the same thing. It's it, The money advice was the same. It was the same yes. thing like eat beans and rice and live in your parents' basement. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, that's not going to be my existence mm -hmm. as, as my time on this planet, right? And so it's the same thing when we're talking about this with this wisdom in relationships and this, even the words relationships are a compromise versus what you said, 
the other side of that relationships are a collaboration. When you said that relationships are a collaboration, I could feel like a relaxing in my body because that feels good. That feels natural. That puts both of our, both of us together. Instead of, like you said, there's this, this, um, thing going, story again, as we go back to stories going on in the back of your mind about what's the motives here? Why is this person doing this? Or, in some days, maybe you have a stronger opinion about it than others based on what other things had led up to that, right? There's, there's all these varying factors, but this, it is this, these things were told. And I think this is especially as kids. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, when I was growing up, there were these teenage magazines, right? And I mean, there's still obviously magazines today, but back then that's how we got our information oh, because we the internet back then. And so we're reading these stories as teenagers, as young kids about, uh, you know, so-and-so famous person is in this relationship and, and here's what they do. And here's what, you know, and so we're assigning meaning to all this. And we, we think this is how it's supposed to go. So we get in our newly born junior high relationships and, you know, these, these things aren't what we think they are. And so then we're, we're, we're set up for failure in that way because we're, of the, of the definitions of the, the advice, the approach, yes. everything you said, everything you said. So there, there, there again, 100%. So what, okay. When we, when we were talking about how the person who fails is the person who goes out in search of the answer. Yeah. And then what do you do? You ask the people who seem to have this wonderful relationship. Like I said, one of the guys who got upset with me, he, he had, he's been married 40 years and he was, you know, going on about relationships and compromise. I said, no, no, they're not. And oh yeah, he was not happy with me. We, I've been married 40 years. I know what I'm talking about. You're using the word incorrectly. Yeah. I assure you that you and your wife collaborate and you do not fight against each other in the relationship. You're not trying to win out over her and, and get her to lose. And as he thought about it, he said, well, no, of course. And I said, then it's not a compromise. I'm right. only telling you the word you're using is wrong. I'm not telling you what you did is wrong. Actually, if you've been married 40 years, clearly you've done it right. But the right. sad fact is, you're using words that everybody has been throwing out there and you, you glammed onto that word as if that's the correct word and never stopped and thought about, oh God, no, that is, that is a horrific word. I don't want to compromise. Right. And I will tell you there again, this is something, something in the book is how I took that to heart. And in one of the relationship, the, the one that ended right before I, I really went on this journey, um, I had compromised myself. I had stopped being who I was because I'd given up things that I really loved to do. I I loved rollerblading. And in the beginning we would go rollerblading, but after about six months, it was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, But this is literally who I am. Yeah. But no, because I believe that the conventional wisdom, I compromised and I said, okay, I will have to give up something to be with you. At the end of the relationship, I'd given up so much that I didn't know me anymore. Right. That's what was the hardest part was when you're ending a relationship, you've lost yourself yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. And so that was devastating. I, I was like, who am I? What is there about me that, that is me? And so I started rollerblading again and, and I will never stop. And there isn't a person in the world who's going to say, well, we need to. No, no. Time out, baby because I figured something else about that out is um, it's not having things in common. I'm going to kind of save that one for you. So I, I, I'm going to set you up. We're going to have so much of a discussion that you're going to invite me back. 
<laughs> well, this is, I mean, I love this topic and it is, it is so important. I think, especially to discuss it in this way, like challenge those things that we just take for granted because we heard them since we've yes. been kids and we just assume them to be factual and you're breaking all that apart, which I, I, I love that. And I, I think, um, it, so why do you, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but other than the obvious that we're, we're brought up with this information, or maybe this is something that's been parroted by magazines, movies, you mm. know, teachers. Why do you think people really believe this bad advice? Is it just because it's been, is it easier to believe it? Is it because it's just more available or is there any secret to that? Or is it just as simple as it's just all people know? Um, well, again, so I, I think that a lot of people are not taught how to make decisions because I know yeah. I wasn't. So, yeah. so we aren't taught how to go in search of the why and the how, and we are taught to focus on the what. And so, yes, when, when people in a, a authority, we believe, you know, tell us this is what you should do. We don't tend to question it. I right. didn't. Right. Well, how did I end up in that position? Well, because I didn't question, I, I thought, Oh, you people know what you're doing. You've been doing it forever. Um, but then I, I took a step back and I was like, wait a minute, I need to ask why and how I need to get a better understanding of, of where this came from. Um, and that's when I started realizing it's like, oh no, oh, you've got this wrong. And you, you simply listen to, to the previous generation who listened to the previous generation. And not one of you has taken a step back and said, time out, why and how Right. the other thing you haven't done is, and, and this is really funny to me too. Um, if we believe the statistic that something like 50% of marriages fail. Um, I don't know about you, but 50% is literally a coin toss. Yeah. It's random. It's heads or tails. What that means to me is no one is actually being taught how to be in a relationship. It's simply luck, luck of the draw. Well, well, then all this conventional wisdom can go out the window. I don't need to do any of it because it's simply, I stumble into it and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. You know, and, and I want to go beyond that. Like you said, I'm into projects and analyzing and formulae, you know, so there needs to be guidance. And that's where I don't want to lead anybody. I'm not I'm not the Pied Piper. I'm not going to lead you in your relationship. But I, I want to give you the guidance. I want to, uh, again, analyze these things for you and explain it to you in simple terms. Like you said, you'll read it in the book and you'll be like, well, duh, Jer. What's what you're not telling me anything I didn't know. Yeah, I know. I'm only putting it in terms that you will then see it so obviously and glaringly to go, oh yeah, that's true. Why was I doing that? Well, because you were following everyone else. They were leading you. I don't want to lead you. Yeah. I want to guide you and, and just give you that guidance to say, hey, don't do this. Do do that. And you have to have both. I have to tell you what not to do because you know dismiss what you've learned but i do obviously then have to tell you what to do because otherwise i'm leaving you in the wilderness right. you know, it's like okay yeah don't eat this plant see ya it's like yeah but what what can i eat now yeah, then what do i do <laughs> like, yeah you know, how do i survive out here in the wilderness it's like well right. okay i can i can, i'm not going to tell you which plants to eat but right. i can tell you what to look for i can tell you oh look at this or look at that and and these are clues that will help you and then guess what you get to make your own decisions in your own relationship. Because that's the other thing I found out was if I'm listening to everyone else, 
it's not my relationship. It's right. their relationship. Right. right. They're dictating to me. Well, Jerry, do this. Okay. Is that what I wanted? Well, no one asked me, but I have no, to do no it. No one has all the facts. Like it. no one has all the facts of the story. Like it, it, there's so many outliers that you could never, ever, it's not a formula as much as it would be easier if it was, it simply is not because there's too many factors that sure. are going on that nobody could possibly know. And there's those experiences that you feel internally that maybe means one thing to you, but to me means a completely different thing. And, and right. there's all of that going on too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's why I like to say, yeah, on the one hand, yeah. Um, it's not literally a formula. It's not so easy, which is another reason we can get off into why dating apps don't work. Hello. Okay. Uh, that's, that, that's a, another hour long session we can, we could talk about. Um, but, but it, there is understanding of how the world works and how people work. Mm-hmm. And you need to have that in order to make good decisions. Right. Um, so yeah, I can't make decisions for you. Don't even, you don't want me to, and I don't want to, but I can guide you along the way and say, okay, you need to look at this and you need to think about this. Like I said, you need to write this stuff down yeah. so that you remember, because you know, what's going to happen a year from now, you're going to look at me and go, why do I like you? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I assumed you did. Well, hopefully you wrote it down because then you can remind yourself, oh yeah, he's got these qualities. And then you can ask again, does he still have those qualities? Do I yeah. still see those qualities? Were those real? Have I done anything to, to, um, maybe help those qualities or, you know, reassure him. Uh, they're gonna, if you're not giving me feedback to tell me, Hey, Jerry, I really like when you do this. Well, then it's hit or miss. I right. may never do that again. Right. I, I right. need you to tell me, Hey, keep doing this, dude, stop doing that, please. Right. Okay. We can work with that. Again, that's not a compromise because we're collaborating to work together to see how we can get this to work. Right. And both so, people have a say in it. If somebody suggests, if your desire is you want to find a partner that loves to rollerblade and that is one of your, like you want that in a relationship, but then you meet somebody who doesn't want to rollerblade ever. And that they're like a no, heck no for that. I mean, then. Okay. I'm going to surprise you here. Cause that's not the, the right thing. Again, conventional wisdom mm-hmm. tells you, you have to have things in common. You don't. Here's what you need. You need someone who supports you. Yes. And what I mean by that is yes. um, you don't need to rollerblade with me, but you cannot t- ask me to stop rollerblading. When I need to go rollerblading, you have to be supportive and go, great, see ya. Hey, Jerry, I saw these new rollerblades over here. I don't want them, but do you want them? Yeah. If you're my support mechanism, you don't need to literally go out there. Okay, so I used to go rollerblading and my, I, I had a buddy who he, he biked. So we would drive to the park together, park side by side. We would start out obviously on rollerblades. I'm not going nearly as fast as he is, but we would stick together for the first five minutes just to chat and chat and chat. How's your day going? What's going on? Yada, yada, yada. Okay. See ya. He'd take off. I'd do my loops. He'd do his. And at the end, after about an hour or so, we would meet back up at the cars. We were in the park together. So we were enjoying the park, but not literally holding hands, not side by side, but we were both enjoying the park together. I knew he was there. He knew I was there. We came back together. We ended together. And then we would drive to lunch and sit and then talk at lunch together. So we were at the park together, yet not. And so this idea that that we have to literally 
do the same exact thing in common. That's another conventional wisdom that's false. I agree with you on that. But I guess what I was referencing was though, if you're, if your desire is, I want to find a partner who wants to rollerblade because I want to be with my partner in rollerblade. Like that's important to me. Same with camping or mountain biking or or whatever it is. Like if your desire is to find a partner who, because I think you even mentioned in the, in the book about skydiving, like if you, if you want to go, because I think you were talking about getting out there to do different things, to meet other people. And if you find somebody who loves to skydive and you're only trying it and you end up meeting there and then they want to go keep skydiving, but you don't want to do that. Is that necessary? You know what I mean? There's, so there's, that's exactly what I was saying. It was literally the same thing with my rollerblading. I rollerbladed. And so this person decided that, that she would join what I was doing, but she was just a tourist. So she didn't live there. Yeah. And so, yeah, tourists can love your country and love your city and, and all that, but they don't live there. And so they don't see it in the same way that you do. Right. And at the end of the day, they're leaving. They're going to move on and go somewhere else. So that's not a a long-term relationship. It's not going to pan out that way. Again, that person's going to turn to the skydiver and go, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I I like trying it. It was fun, but it's not who I am. Let's Mm -hmm. go do something else. Cause I'm, I like trying different things. Right. Yeah, but no, I'm skydiving because this is who I am. Right. This me. is my thing. Honestly, right. I'd be I'd, right. I'd, 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 I'm, I'd be scared to death. I, yeah, I don't, I'm scared of heights, so it's not. <laughs> but if, for the people that it is, and you know, the whole point is, and I think that goes back to your needs and wants, like we talked about, and 100%. the communication. Because if you really desire a partner who wants to do the same things as you, that's okay. But it's also what you're saying. Also, it's also okay to have a partner that doesn't do everything that you do, as long as they're supporting you so, in what it is that you love to do. There again, they need to support you. And whether you want them to share with you is your desire. Right. And that's a different thing. Exactly. Right. So at the very least, I need you to support me. Now, if I want you to come with me, then yes, that's that's something added. Right. And yeah, I would then look for someone who who wants to be do that activity with me. Right. Right. Um, and, and so that's great. But but don't put all your eggs into we have to have something in common yes. or we have to do the same things because that's not true. Um, I don't know. You go to the gym, you work out. Oh, well, everybody at the gym is working out. So apparently you're in a relationship with all of them because you all have something in common. <laughs> right. Really? Right. I'm right. dating every guy and girl at the gym be- just right. because we like to work out together. Right. Um, uh, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. We're not it's in that ridiculous. kind of way. Like when we start to think, like pick these things apart, like, you know, like yeah. you've done in the book and, and, and let's move into the app too. I want to talk about that a little bit. So your app is cool. the good together game app. So tell yes. us about that. Cause I know all of this kind of intertwines with your experience, what you're with your research. So tell us about that. Okay. So there again, and so I, like I say, I'm, I'm the only author who wrote a book, but didn't write a book because I really just took notes about myself and was like, yeah. someone told me, Hey, there's a book. And, and I understand it. I've been to seminars for business and everything, and they sound great. And five minutes outside the seminar, I'm like, okay, how can I use this? How can I implement it? And I'm like, oh, this was nothing but more than a motivational speech. Right. This person didn't give me anything actionable. And so, yeah, I had written the book. I had started my website. I've, I've got some uh, videos on YouTube where I try to explain things to people. Um, but then I was like, look, I need something that's truly actionable, Mm -hmm. that is very easy and a low bar, but has a real impact. And, and I thought about it and I was like, you know, there again, I went to false conventional wisdom. 
Oh, you know, you have to have a date night and spend all this time together. Yeah. No, you don't. You are, again, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You need to pivot and change your perspective and your focus. Your focus isn't on these grand things. You're not going to enjoy work because you get a promotion once in a while. Work is an everyday thing. Right. Relationships are every day. So I said, okay, yes, I, I need to engage people every day. There again, people get bogged down with, um, cause I, I've had this happen. And I, 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 I don't want to, I, I don't mind this. So I don't want this to sound wrong, but if I'm sitting in my office, I've had people, guys come in, sit, take an hour and a half, sit there and just talk. Right. People are in need of communicating with each other and making a bond and a connection. And then that same guy will come in the, the next week and tell me a lot of the same things over, but you don't sit there and go, Oh yeah, dude, same, 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 same stuff, Very different day. Right. But so I said, okay, um, relationships are actually drive by interactions. They're little three, five or seven minute interactions. And so the app times you random, it randomly selects a three, five or seven minute time frame. It randomly selects who gives and who receives because they're again, the winner in the app is a relationship, not an individual. It's not right. a, a competition. Right. It's a collaboration. So like for um, there's a list of activities then that are randomly selected. So in the list of intimate, there might be back rub. Well, if you're the one who initiates and you walk up to your boyfriend and go, okay, I'm going to start this and it lands on back rub and you think, aha, I win a back rub from you, but no, yeah. you end up having to be the giver and you have to give him the back rub. Right. You have not lost in that situation mm -hmm. because it's the contact, it's the connection, it's the bond. So it, it's very much, again, another analogy is working out. If you work out once a week for an hour and a half and that's all you do, you're not working out because right. the other six days you're losing anything that you gained in that hour and a half. By the same token, you're not going to work out an hour and a half every day. That's really excessive unless you're, that's what you're working towards. Mm -hmm. So relationships are no different. In order to keep your relationship muscles tuned and healthy and fit, three, five, or seven minutes every day or every other day at the least, you need to interact in a real way. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you there another story. I'm full of stories. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm dating a different girl this time. And um, she was washing the dishes. I walk up behind her. I want to cuddle. I want to hug. She gets pissed. I've got a knife in my hand. And it's like, okay, I, I'm shocked. I'm like, yeah. but I, 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 I want, you know, quality time together. And, and I didn't know how, how to react or what to do. And of course, then you take it personally and, and you're like, wow, this person really doesn't want to spend time with me, I guess. Or, you know, I really have to be very careful. And I realized, so what was going on is she didn't know what was happening. She, she thought I was going to stop her from doing what she wanted to do. She thought it was going to turn into something much different because mm -hmm. they were like, oh, it's going to turn into sex. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to be a little crass. I hope your audience doesn't mind, but... If three, five or seven minutes of the game is sexual to you, you're doing sex wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, yeah. you need guidance. 
in, in, for something else. These are intimate little bonds on how you connect with each other. Yeah. And so if, if she, if I walked up to her with the game in hand and said, look, three, five or seven minutes, I'm only going to take you yeah, away from washing game, dishes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be limited to what's on the list. So mm-hmm. it's not going to turn into anything at the timer is going to go off and we're going to be done. And you're going to go right back to doing what you're doing. And I'm going to go right back to doing what I was doing. And we're both going to feel connected. Another story. Sorry, another story. But so this woman who um, was playing the game and she got into it, um, she had a bunch of stories. So she's really, really good for stories. But one of her stories was it was Thanksgiving and she and her husband are making dinner for the family. And her 10 year old stepson comes into the kitchen and says, hey, I want to play a game. What's her instant reaction? We're too busy. Dude, we're making dinner. We don't have time now. She stopped and thought about the game. And she said, no, Jerry's philosophy is life happens three, five or seven minutes at a time. I can spare. So she puts on the kitchen timer, 10 minutes, makes up a game. It's not a formal game. Again, it doesn't have to be anything formal at all. She makes up this game with him. And at the end of 10 minutes, when the timer goes off, he is thoroughly happy with the fact that they connected. But think about what would have happened if she had said no. It's not just, oh, well, we'll get together later. No, no, you've shut down a connection there. Yeah. You, you yeah. don't realize the damage you've done with that not now later. Right. Um, and, and so the same thing. I mean, with that, obviously I'm not dating that girl anymore because hey, she doesn't like it. But if I cuddle up to her when she's washing dishes, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's like, but I, I, I admit, I understand. She didn't understand. And had we had this game then, I think it would have turned out very differently Yeah. because it would have been, Hey, I'm not trying to stop you from doing what you're doing. I'm just trying to get a cuddling. Yeah. Or whatever happens. And, you know, I remember reading a story about, I don't remember, but the woman was talking about how she was leaving the house. She was getting ready to go somewhere, um, some business event or something. And she was dressed up and ready to go. And the babysitter was there with the kids. And one of her kids was like, you know, mommy play with me for a minute or play with me. And, you know, she's running late. She's already out the door, but she made the decision in that moment to, to play with the child. And, she in there was something I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but it was something like usually it's only just a few minutes of attention anyway. Yes. And then the person goes off to do whatever they want to do. Or and so that reminded me when I was looking at the app and I was playing with it, and I was in, in being able to have those small few minutes, even if it's just a few minutes, those impactful moments that we think are so don't matter or they're yeah. 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 And they are completely significant when we start to yes. pay attention to them and have that willingness to not be so focused on the task at hand, because, and I know, again, this seems like cliche, but the dishes will wait. Yes. And everybody gets, you know, we know that or whatever we know it, but we don't actually take it past that to the dishes will wait. So I can go have this connection with this person that I love, or the dishes will wait. So I can go have this connection and spend a few minutes with this, um, you know, whoever it is, partner, child, whatever, you know, whoever it is in that relationships are built in those small moments that we don't often stop to think about. Oh, and that's just it. We're wasting so much time when we could be yeah. connecting, but there yeah. again, the, the whole thing of the app is it limits you to the three, five and seven minutes. So yeah. I understand there's that uncertainty. It's like, like I said, you know, the, the people who come into my office and talk for an hour and a half, I'm okay with it. 
but it would be nice if it was limited. And, yeah. and, and so, um, and also because I know, see nowadays, um, I say nowadays, really, it's been always this way, right? That's what I'm, I'm saying. It's always been this way, but it's getting worse yeah. um, because we're, we're trying to, we are actively trying to find answers, uh, but we're using tools like social media and computers in the wrong way. It's a tool. Uh, if it's, if you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, but um, the thing is people don't know how to socially interact. Well, by creating a list, I'm actually telling you, these are things that you can and are and things that are not on the list are things you cannot do. Right. So it's like, again, I'm, I don't have anything on the list. That's salacious. Um, I have four lists because there are four types of major relationships, mm-hmm. friendship, friendship, you know, has certain things, but not things that an intimate relationship will have a uh, business relationship has certain things and, you know, a family relationship. So, um, depending on the list you're using, it is appropriate for the style of relationship that you're in. Yeah. And it keeps you again to three, five, seven minutes. You don't know who's going to give, who's going to receive. So there's that kind of added spontaneity and fun. Yes. Um, but okay, so here's the fun part too. Okay. People have, uh, and they're so funny to me because they're like, Oh, Jerry, you know, I know I took your game, but I changed it. Okay. What'd you do? Well, um, when the timer went off, we weren't done talking. So we continued <laughs> talking. Um, do you understand that the whole point of the game is a connection? You right. didn't break my game. Right. You actually took it further, which He's is hesitant. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Or, or this other, uh, woman, girl was telling me, she's like, Oh, Jerry. Um, Oh, this is another funny story. She's like, Jerry, you know, um, uh, my boyfriend's sister was coming into town. She's like, I've never met this girl. Didn't know what to do. So she said, ah, you told me about your game. So I said, ah, let's download the game and, and start playing. She said, the first question uh, to the sister, or, uh, you know, the boyfriend's right. sister um, was, um, tell me about your most embarrassing moment. <laughs> she said, Jerry, here's a girl I've never met in my life going into detail about her most embarrassing moment and going on and on and on. And she said, well, but Jerry, at the end, I decided I'd tell her mine even though the game was like for her to tell. I said, yeah, that's the point. It's a connection. It's a bond. Don't think that you have to stop at X minutes and don't think that the person giving is the only one who can give. Yeah. You know what? It's a, it's a door opener and it it really makes that difference of getting people involved. Now, here's another thing um, that that people have missed. And and it's, this is my fault. I'm working on this to, to make it more clear. Um, the, the game is such that you can actually create your own social circles. Mm. Um, so you can create like uh, siblings or uh, your mother's group. Um, if you're a mother or your, your, you know, whatever your, your um, business group. Um, and you can actually create your own lists because again, I don't pretend to know you and your relationship or how you should interact. So yeah. don't rely on me. What I'm hoping is for um, people to start contributing their own interactions. And I'm hoping for us to create a community and have lists from all sorts of people of how they interact in their relationships so that we can then share. So don't look to me and be like, exactly. Learn from each other. Don't look to me as if I'm going to know everything. I don't claim to. 
Right. I, I'm not the guy holding conventional wisdom thinking <laughs> I'm holier than now, smarter than you. Right. I'm not. Right. I've given you a platform and I want you to take this platform, start playing it with friends, family, intimate, whomever, and then start saying, oh, but we want to do this. Or when we're out at this venue, we want to do this, you know, these things. Mm-hmm. Great. Create your social circle, create your list of activities and play that then. Yeah. And, and so, and then share it so that other people can go, oh, I've never thought of that. God, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to do that. I want to do that with my significant other. And, and, and so I want to build this community of people who really share how they interact because we can all learn to interact better from each other. I totally agree. Jerry, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm, I'm, I love how you're busting through this conventional, this wisdom, this, just this outdated antiquated way of looking at our relationships. And, um, I just love this conversation. Can you, let's tell the listeners how they can find out more about you, the book and the app. Uh, well, I would say the easiest way is my website is goodtogether.com, G O O D T O G A. E-T-H-E-R, <laughs> Good Together. Um, so if you go to Good Together, you'll find uh, the book there. Uh, you'll find t- that you can download the app. The app is free for now. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, once we get enough people and there's enough activity, um, we will have to you know, probably do a subscription mm-hmm. uh, so that we can keep the app alive right. and keep adding to the app. Um, so, but right now, it's like, be one of the first people, yeah. download it play with it. Give me feedback. I, I'm, I honestly, I, I want to hear what you have to say. I've gotten some really good feedback from people about, Oh, you need to add this or you need to do that. And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause this is what I want. And this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, the easiest thing is good together. And, and from there you have my social links on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you know, there's also jerrybrook.com if you want to go there. Okay. Um, there's there's a lot of different play ways. You can even just Google Jerry mm-hmm. Brook or Good Together. And right now I'm, I'm pretty high up on, on the list um, awesome. for you to find me. Awesome. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes. And again, Jerry, I want to thank you. This has been an amazing conversation and, and really life-changing about relationships. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And like I said, I, I hope you have me back again. We can <laughs> yeah, continue I know we got this conversation. There's so much to it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> thank you. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.